Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. Straight fire. This is the Wesson Walker Show. Even the crowd knows what's coming next. Thanks for joining us on Wesson Walker. We're with you here for the next three hours on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I drank the Bang Energy drink. Wes is eating some special Doritos. Fitty got his bottle of water. I guess eating a little healthier today than usual. Do you have the Snickers bar or Coke bottle on deck to try to get you the energy for what is going to be a jam-packed Wesson Walker? Uh, I had a Cajun Filet biscuit and a tea on the way in. There we go. You know, I, I thought I thought BTB would have came back with a Snickers bar to celebrate ACC tournament and, and all the start of the Power Five conferences getting underway today, but mm-hmm. you forgot about me. Who did? BTB. You didn't, you didn't they, tell them what BTB means. I don't know what BTB. I didn't know who you were talking about. He I thought didn't that was pay like big time in a text because I know you said it in the text. Yeah. Well, no, I did see it in the text, and I guess I just don't know what it means nearly as much because we can go. I know there's Bigfoot Bailey. Yeah. I didn't know if you were going. He said, big, he said in the text what it meant. Big time Bryant. Maybe that was a long time ago. It's like over the weekend, man. Yeah. That was a long time ago to me. <laughs> <laughs> time moves fast. I'm telling you right now, I wasn't paying attention over the weekend, I guess, to BTB. But we can call West that, and you're right. We are excited to celebrate tourney time because the ACC tournament, it starts today. Mm-hmm. It is a staple of the Carolinas. That it is. It is straight-up nostalgia at the peak of nostalgia for all Carolina sports fans. And it starts today with the first game taking place at 2 o'clock between 12-seed Florida State and 13-seed Georgia Tech. We'll have a few games going on a little bit later on in the day. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, championship happening Saturday. So we'll have you covered on everything regarding the ACC tournament. And we're going to go with a little ACC bracketology today. This is going to be our classroom. I printed out brackets for everybody to fill out. We talked about some of the punishments Some of the bets that we could have, the new point system, which is basically copy and pasted from the ESPN Bracketology scoring system, but we're applying it here, and then we're going to hang up the brackets here in the studio. I don't know if anybody else is going to partake. We asked Colin if he wanted to do so, so maybe we have Hogger the historian decide to apply that to what could be the future of the ACC tournament. But I want to pull up to the scene, have Low Country, open up the doors, and allow us to get off the bus. We look good getting off the bus. I got something to say. Damn! So here's the thing. We need help from you. Text us on the Garage Door Guru text line, 704-570-9610, and we need creative punishments. So whoever gets last place, three out of three as it stands right now, you have to do something funny. We need a creative punishment, 704-570-9610. 
And Fiddy got real excited because he thought of a punishment immediately for me. I was like, hey, let's go ahead and throw it to the listeners, see what they have to say. All three of us will try to think of some punishments. Fiddy looked at me in my soul and said, do you still have the bee suit? It's like, yes, I have the bee suit that I wore on Lockdown Hornets one time. That's what I want to see. If you lose, you have to do a three-hour show in a bee suit. So I might be doing that, and the listeners might be on board with that. What kind of punishments do you think that we should have for the last place finisher in this tournament, Wes? Is there anything at the top of the dome that you like that we talked about pre-show, something new you want to bring to the table? What's a punishment that you like for third place finish? Uh, I know we talked about lunch, but then uh, always something embarrassing. I'm trying to think, though, of what that could be. I know you guys said that you wanted to see me in a romper. Uh, <laughs> That's stuff, true. I stuff like that. that. Um, just, just really crazy outfits. The problem is you pull off all the crazy outfits so well. And it's not like you have a crazy outfit, but you pull them off because it's all about attitude. And I want something that hurts a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's some things we could do for sure, man. I mean, there's lots of outfits in stores that I, I mean, you guys could pick out something crazy or I could go pick out something crazy that I'd never wear and have to put it on. So, yeah, there's there's things out there that, that push the limits. We could do some kind of thrift store run and just pull out the craziest. Yeah. Uh, outfit. Joe Gibbs wants you to wear a North Carolina jersey. I figured yeah, because yeah. the last couple times I've made a bet like that with some of my ACC guys, I've won those, and they've had to wear uh-huh. uh, Wake Forest stuff, so I've yet to don a Carolina jersey or t-shirt. A 786 said long hair wig. Oh, Jackson said shave the eyebrows. I'm not trying to nah, shave my eyebrows. Nah, I'm not eyebrows. doing that. <laughs> I don't want to shave my it's eyebrows. a bit much. There's so many. Joe Gibbs wants to see me in a big bird suit. As long as you pay. That thing's got to be real expensive. <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of them coming in. But if you don't mind trying to save some of those so we can have them prepped. But here's one that I've always wanted to roll with. And I think it's a decent idea, but I've never seen anybody go through with it. And I've always wanted to go with it. Last place finish has to drink a cookout milkshake, Mm -hmm. but the winner gets to choose the combination of said milkshake. And cookout can get crazy with it. Yeah. So you can go with a three, even a four flavor combo. You can mix in all of the different flavors in the world. Oh, you can do that? Yes. Oh, I didn't know cookout would let you do that. So oh, yeah. That, that's what's wow. so, oh, I've gotten, huh, you put a few <laughs> beers in me, I can get nuts with a nice cookout milkshake. And that's exactly what I want to happen. The first place finisher gets to choose the awful cookout milkshake that the last place finisher has to drink to completion. Or maybe we could figure mm. that out. But that's one. That's a punishment I, I really like. Okay. And then having Fiddy wear a Wake Forest shirt or a Wake Forest outfit, you with North Carolina, simple but still effective. And I do think Fiddy would hate it more than you would. Even oh, if, I don't know about that. I know you hate North Carolina more than he hates Wake, but he hates wearing anything non-North Carolina or his sports teams yeah. more than I think you hate Wake. Is that a fair assessment, Fiddy? You don't want to wear anything else outside of Carolina Blue. I mean, but like Wake Forest of the big four schools would be the one that I would have no problem wearing. Yeah, that's the problem. Wearing the most. That's why they nicknamed Wake Forest Switzerland. I know Pac-Man used to call (laughs) us Switzerland. Nobody hates that gum. We hate people, but nobody hates us. But we hate schools and teams. Because y'all are so lovable people. You're all nice. 
I wish I could disagree, but it's true. Now, except for the Chris Paul run, Chris <laughs> Paul was pretty easy to hate. Yeah. You can't be punching people below the belt and expect to be the savior of the ACC or anybody that people like. And so that's the problem. When Chris Paul was there, that's probably as most hated as they've ever been. Because people didn't hate Tim Duncan like that when he was there. No. Especially, I mean, you probably just hate him for what he did to you on the court. Right. The ACC tournament. I mean, maybe Randolph Childress, too, when he said, Jeff McGinnis, come on up and come get this business. Maybe yeah. that was another time. Yeah. There's been a few spots, but ultimately, Wake Forest is well-liked and is at least Switzerland. Yeah, somebody said the milkshake has to be melted, too. Now, I'm not going to do all that. Yeah, come on. That sounds. I would they throw up. They want to see people puke and stuff. I would throw up immediately. Uh, Cam Tweets thing said, loser has to fight Kyle Bailey. Now, nah, ain't nobody fighting on this show. We're all family here on WFNZ. Loser has to do a photo shoot for a 12-month calendar in various costumes and backgrounds. That's a good one. Now, that, is a good that one. would be but really be hard pricey. to set up, yeah. but we have Willie P joining us at 145. He knows some people that can do a professional photo shoot for <laughs> us, so maybe he can help us out by creating what could be an awesome calendar. And I know we wanted you, the last time we talked about this, Fitty, didn't we want you to do October so you could dress up like in a pumpkin costume or something like that. <laughs> that's, that's what I want to see. I could also see you being December and then wearing a Santa costume. That's what I also want to see. There are women that that that, that appeals to it. Oh. It appealed to Monica and friends, so you know, and mm-hmm. I I do think of myself like a real-life Chandler Bing, so it, that could help me. Um, we're getting a lot of text. It's really overwhelming. We're trying to get to some of these, though, as we roll on. Uh, loser has to eat uh, I don't know about that one. I don't know about the buffet. Somebody just has to go eat a bad plate at a buffet or whatever. Um, so we'll also get Golden Corral. No, Golden Corral's great. That's you will not disrespect Golden Corral. Wes, Wes is going to choose Louisville to win the ACC tournament just so he can, just so he can right. go to Golden Corral. Oh, no, I really think the Cardinals are going to do it this year, guys. All right. Look, they're playing basketball at, yep. the, at the right time. They're going to bottle up all the anger of everything that happened during this terrible season. All right, let me ask both of you this because we got a really good one from Michael writing into the text line. Nope. Okay. <laughs> Hell no. Wes, would you rather wear a North Carolina jersey? Or would you rather wear an Aaron Rodgers jersey? Oh, man, that would be hard. Which one? Because we're going to document. Aaron Rodgers. You would rather wear Aaron Rodgers. Yes. Really? You hate us more. I told you, I, I, my disdain for Carolina is more than any other entity in sports. Yeah, that's pretty strong. Pro or college. Is Aaron Rodgers second? No, Aaron Rodgers is not second, but he's up there. I was about to, he's got to be in tier one. <laughs> yeah, tier one. Uh, a few people have talked about eating the Carolina Reaper pepper or some hot oh. food challenges. I mean, we I've could do it. it. The Carolina Reaper? I ate it on a pizza. You, Man, you, you but put that on a pizza and ate it? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that feels like the cheese would kind of help out a little bit. That. It sounds like it'd still be pretty hot, though. Oh, yeah, Here let I me am. tell you. <laughs> we ran out of toilet paper that night. <laughs> oh, sick. That's, that's two things you've done. You've you've put us in a Santa costume, and then you said girls like it, and then you wanted to say that you used a lot of toilet paper for a hot pizza. Could you handle that type of thing, or would you rather wear a jersey? Oh, that'd be tough. I do like spice with my food sometimes, but, mm-hmm. I mean, just seeing people's reactions to those caliber peppers is 
a lot. Well, the best reaction we've ever seen is when Shaq tried to go no faces on his hot Dorito or hot chip challenge on inside the NBA and couldn't do it. And that's where we got the famous gym yeah. where he goes, whoo, that's hot. And then he starts looking all across the camera. Yeah. Here's one that has been a famous loser in fantasy football mm-hmm. punishment. Loser has to spend 24 hours in a Waffle House. Every waffle they eat, it yeah. takes off an hour. Nobody got time for that. Well, and you know, it's something that I thought I was going to have to do when I lost my fantasy football league. And I was second to last in the in the one specific league. And so I won the last game of the season to not allow me. Because Fiddy was all aboard, let's do the show. You do the show live from a Waffle House here in the area, and then we'll do it that way. But And I didn't want to do that. Mm. So I won the last game of the season. The thing is, is I'm confident I could eat eight waffles. And, and, not, and knock it down to 16 hours, which is manageable. I've, you know what? Waffles are really filling, though. Yeah. And I don't know Big how many call. waffles I could eat. I, it's a lot of bread. And especially, are you putting, like, chocolate chips in it, or are you trying to save as much room as possible? Because chocolate chips would make it tastier for me to want to eat, but it's also a little more filling. So I don't know what I would do there. I think what you got to do is you got to drink water with it. That way you're not adding, you know, filling up on coffee or getting too much Mm -hmm. sugar in you with with soda. I mean, I'm telling you, I think if I had to do it, eight waffles minimum. I could eat more because I'm a fat ass. (laughs) That's, that's, That's a lot. A lot of waffles. Duh. We'll talk a little bit more about the punishments as we go on. That'll be the theme. Feel free to text those in to the Garage Door Guru text line as the show goes on. 704-570-9610. We'll fill out the first part of our bracket at 120. That's after David Shoemate joins us, the Duke play-by-play announcer. And then a little bit later on in the 2 o'clock hour, at the start of said hour, we'll fill out the second half of the ACC bracket. Let's go through Panthers Memory Lane and stroll down their franchise tag history what was the worst what was the best franchise tag decisions carolina has ever made we'll talk all about it coming up next wesson walker sports radio 92.7 wfnz life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy all hits no skips Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. edition of Wesson Walker. We will still talk some Carolina Panthers in just a moment. We got people in the studio. They want to get in on the ACC bracket challenge. Then he <laughs> called me Walker Lenardi with the scoring system that we have in place. It is full throttle, baby, as the ACC tournament is set to start at 2 p.m. today. What nickname has made you more mad? Is it Walker Filipowski or Walker Lenardi? Because we have all on this show had our, our complaints about ESPN's bracketologist. Well, Joe Lenardi I actually usually like him okay. I thought that was a really terrible, awful, no good take that he had about North Carolina only being in the conversation because the NC is on the front of their jersey, where and it's the resume is the resume. It just didn't make any sense to me. If you got him in the first four out or first four in, you, Joe Lunardi, 
on Lenardi's bracketology can put them further out if you want to. Yeah. And I know you're trying to predict a little bit, but it's not like North Carolina, if they miss the tournament this year because they only have one quad one win, it'll be deserved because the resume is the resume. Let's stop trying to attribute the logo to it. That, Anyways, you are you got me on a tangent. I guess now it's Lenardi. I'm mad at him again. <laughs> Don't call me Walker Lenardi. You can text in the Garage Door Guru text line. Oh. The number to text is 704-570-9610. I wanted to finish up just a couple more punishments, and then we'll get to some franchise tag history for the Carolina Panthers in just a moment. We got a lot of the hot pepper inclusions here. Um, We told you about the photo shoot. We told you about the Aaron Rodgers jersey. It's funny. Trophy husband said, guys, if you have to wear gloves and eyewear to protect against that pepper, why the hell are you putting it in your mouth? Because we want people to experience pain if you are last. Yeah, I don't know if I want to people to sign a waiver to experience said pain if you eat that um we got a couple people writing in bronx mike and stanford p said the punishment for the loser should be having to eat willie p's dry bread or we could or we could do extremely hot wings well that would be good too we could do the hot i've done the hottest wing at wild wing cafe before the braveheart yes yes yeah that is put people in tears before i've done that i took it yeah, it's really hot. It's really hot. Cam tweets things said loser has to take the SAT, spend a Saturday morning. <laughs> I mean, that would be that would be the the, the worst and to you have experience. You to pay to do that. Yeah, it's it's the least embarrassing probably, but it's just the most it's the most inconvenient punishment of all of them. Spend a Saturday morning taking the SAT with a bunch of high schoolers, another punishment for scoring. Seriously? Than a certain number. So then you have a goal once you get to the SAT. I would flunk that. And, and I like, real quickly, I just want to read Stanford P. You know, the, the ideas. Fitty said that the ideas just kept getting worse from Stanford P. Oh, don't started, out me. Oh, <laughs> oh, we're outing each other here today. He said, okay, Dress in the bee suit, stand at the corner of Trade and Tryon for an hour holding a sign that says, I know nothing about basketball. And then he said, okay, <laughs> the Trade and Tryon idea or loser has to eat Willie P's dry brisket. He said, okay, even better, loser wears the bee suit and has to hold a sign saying, I know nothing about basketball outside the studio for an hour. And then he said, loser has to borrow Mark from Gastonia's Batman suit and introduce yourself as Batman to everyone in the building and do the show dresses back. All right. No, I actually kind of like the last one. That's the most embarrassing. Wearing the Batman suit and said, hi, I'm Batman. Oh, no. But see, <laughs> me, me and Wes could do the Batman voice. Yeah. I'm Batman. And I would enjoy that. How would... <laughs> Wait. No. You, I can't, I have at least five instances where I might be a loser that you can't call me a loser anymore. If you guys are saying, I want to wear the Batman suit and I want to introduce myself to people as Batman. To you be said able you to don the cape and the cow is a pleasure. Can you tell me what you would say if you were dressed up as Batman? How would you react? Everybody walking into the door, they see you right there as soon as they walk in. What are they hearing from Wes Bryant, a.k.a. Batman? I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> That's it? Yeah. You, know, you, you know that reference, right? Uh, no, I just thought he was talking about his <laughs> muscles. No. Fiddy, don't don't walk away like you're angry at me. I'm sorry I don't know what the shoulder pads line is. I've seen... It's hockey pads! <laughs> You've seen The Dark Knight, right? <laughs> yeah, I have. Remember the very Everybody opening scene when they're in the, the garage? Well, that wasn't the very well, opening it was, scene. It was, the it very was, opening it was his scene was like, first scene. Yeah. It was his first scene as Batman in it The was. Dark Knight. I don't remember it. I've seen the movies quite a bit, to be honest with you. And yeah. there's a guy that's trying to also be Batman. And he kicks his ass. He, he, he literally breaks his gun, ties him up, 
And the dude asks him, what's the difference between you and me? And then he says, Wes, I'm not wearing hockey pads. All right. Sounds riveting. I just watched it. I watched a better version right here between you two. (laughs) You guys are way better than Christian Bale and whoever else said that line. 704-570-9610. Feel free to text in the Garage Door Guru text line. I wanted to take a stroll down Panthers franchise tag memory lane because it doesn't look like Carolina is going to put their franchise tag on anybody. There's nobody that would fit that bill. But if we go back to the last time they put a franchise tag on someone, I believe I have this list right. I don't know if anybody slipped through the cracks here. But Taylor Moten in 2021 was their last franchise tag. They got a deal done with Carolina right at the deadline, too. So they had the franchise tag on Taylor Moten, and it went right up to the wire before they got a long-term extension done with Taylor Moten. But it happened right at the deadline, five years, $85 million. And I think that one's important. If we were to look at some of the best franchise tags, there's a few more that I think are better than what you get from Moten. But it had been so long since they invested in protection up front for any QB. And that was the guy that was clearly the best offensive lineman for you. I don't think there was any decision that Carolina had here. Like to me, I thought you had to pay him. And I know that's, I mean, I know there's some people that kind of look at Taylor who had a bad year last year in their minds. But I thought he was very good in pass protection, which is exactly what you want first and foremost from your offensive line. Mm. I think Taylor Moten, I think so for Taylor Moten, like that, especially for a team that was going through bad quarterbacks in a revolving door of QBs, give them time to throw and let the run game come to you. And they did. And, and they clearly were very good at running the football as well. Regardless, I thought that was a good decision. And I thought it ultimately became a good decision to give him a long-term extension. Um, I mean, you're not I think, feeling it. I think Taylor Moan's all right. I mean, your right tackle is your worst pass blocker in theory. And their primary strong suit is going to be run blocking. But, um, I mean, he's a solid tackle. And, I mean, like you said, the Panthers were in a position where they had to secure him, you know, for their line, for some stability there. Uh, but as far as him being, you know, just a all-out monster, you know, I don't, I don't know that I'd say that because, you know, there are really good right tacklers in this league for sure. But they're also, you know, arguably your lineman that, like I said, is a run blocker first and not necessarily uh, your best guy. He's been a pretty awesome pass blocker his entire career. I mean, he's always finished in the upper echelon. And I think that does matter, especially with how many edge rushers and athletes you're getting. You can rotate those guys like you don't have to worry about putting a really good pass rusher, especially if a team has a duo. Taylor Moten can take care of one side. You don't necessarily have to double team all the time, especially if it's your second best pass rusher. You can worry about whoever's on the left side where they're trying to exploit that matchup with your rookie tackle. Now, second year guy and Icky. Mm-hmm. So I'm cool with Taylor Moten. Now he's got to get back to what he was as a run blocker, a down year there. Uh, the last two seasons before the season, he was very good at run blocking. So if you're, if you're historically a really good run blocker mm-hmm. and you've always just been able to, make sure nobody has to worry about your right side. Like I, I think it's worth the money, especially at that time when they didn't have a whole lot of invested up front in the offensive line. So outside of Taylor Moten, we just had this guy on K short. He had the franchise tag placed on him in 2017 and Carolina reached an agreement on a five year, $80 million deal really quickly after that. So I think he only lasted like a month on the franchise tag. Usually the deadline to sign a long-term extension 
is to get that done in the middle of July. And they got that done with K1 and Wes, as we talked about with him, actually with him joining us on Wes and Walker, man, that was a really good decision. Unfortunately, his career kind of ended abruptly just mm-hmm. a few years after that. But at the same time, K1 mattered a ton to what that defense was going to the Super Bowl a couple of years before this extension was agreed upon playing alongside star Latula when you've had a really good defense, you've had really good defensive tackles. Chris Jenkins comes to mind. Now here you are with K1. So K1 to me, I feel like he's always going to be one of the more underrated Panthers of all time. And that's why I thought this deal was a good one when they made it in 2017. Yeah. I mean, before my man, Derek Brown broke the tackle record for interior defense alignment for the Panthers. It belonged to one K1 short. And as K1 said, the three technique is the what did he say? The motor on the Mercedes, I believe he said. I think uh, something correct. like that. And that's what he was. And, you know, he was coming off a, a, a big year and he was one of the linchpins of that defense for sure. So they had to get that one done and they did a good job in doing so. Now, this is the one that came with the most drama. I think so. Josh Norman, right? When he was given the franchise tag in 2016, following that 2015 Super Bowl year, Josh did not sign a contract. And Dave Gettleman got upset about it. And that franchise tag was rescinded by Dave Gettleman in April after Norman failed to show up for voluntary workouts in the offseason. And apparently Josh called Carolina and said, "Okay, no, let's get a deal done. And Dave Gettleman wasn't having it. And that was one of the things that Jerry Richardson was not happy with when Dave Gettleman was fired extremely unexpectedly. I mean, the timing was right before they were going to go down to Wofford to undergo training camp and Marty Herney round two happened because everything was so late, but Richardson just wasn't having it anymore. And bedside manner quote unquote was attributed to why Dave Gettleman was not given any more time. And Josh Norman, the rescension of that franchise tag was a piece of evidence against Dave Gettleman. Two days later, it was rescinded. Josh Norman would go sign the richest contract ever at the cornerback position, man, I think that's probably one of the more, I don't even know if it's polarizing. I think people were really upset off of an all pro year from Josh Norman to see Dave Gettleman rescind that franchise tag the way they did. And remember just how disappointing a season it was. Do you think that had any play in the way that season played out where Carolina would not reach 500? They would not go to the playoffs. And therefore, after what you thought might be a back-to-back winning season, for Carolina, which they've never experienced before. They didn't do it in 2015, 2016. I thought that was a real bad move. And that was something that really hurt this franchise. And I especially think the uh, morale around it. Yeah. And I mean, he was one of the heartbeats of that football team. When you think about all the things he did, the antics, the celebration, the whole Thieves Avenue deal, he was uh, one of the guys that embodied the attitude of the Carolina Panthers, and I definitely think that took some of the wind out of their sails from an intangible standpoint. When you talk about confidence and bravado and swagger that this team walked around with, a lot of that was because of Josh Norman. Plus, not to mention, you know, he thrived in that system. He went to Washington and wasn't quite the same player. Still a playmaker, but not doing what he did in Carolina. So, yeah, of course, that hurt their defense with a guy who played so well in that particular system was no longer there. Well, and and another one, too, just going with some of the other good ones here. Ryan Khalil got the franchise tag in 2011. Eventually, he would sign a six-year, $49 million deal. That guy has a real nice shot of being in the ring of honor one day with Carolina for how long he played. Multi-time pro bowler. Jordan Gross, another one that had the franchise tag placed on him. So let me ask you this. 
the best franchise tags placed on players, who would you say is number one between Jordan Gross, who would play here a long time, Ryan Khalil, and Taylor Moten, Kwan Short, too? I think those are the kind of names that you're looking at for best franchise tag placement of all time. Which one of those players would you go with? I mean, I would go with Peppers. I mean, it's Julius Peppers. Well, anytime you can keep him in your lineup, how would you not go with him? Well, the reason is because they never got a deal done. And so if you go with Pep, you kept him. And he had a nice career, and he had a nice season. I mean, he's Julius Peppers. Of yeah, course, he's going to have a nice season. Ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was no, it was a great year. But the problem is, Julius left after that. And this is the idea. Maybe we can transition this into Lamar Jackson because Lamar Jackson today's the deadline. That's why we're doing this whole franchise tag thing. Mm-hmm. And so, if Baltimore and Lamar don't come to an agreement, then they are going to place, I think, the non-exclusive franchise tag on Lamar, according to Jeremy Fowler, if they don't have an agreement, which means another team could talk to Lamar. And if Baltimore does not match an offer sheet from another franchise, then Baltimore would collect two first-round picks. Good is gone. And Lamar Jackson is playing for a different team. The other thing, too, is you may maybe I don't think it's too emotional, but Lamar Jackson would feel some type of way about not getting that deal in place with the team that drafted him, right? And so what happened there with Julius Peppers? Because you didn't get a a long-term deal done with him. And Mm -hmm. I know that there was rumors about Julius just wanting to leave Carolina because he had been here his whole life, grew up in the state, played at North Carolina, then played with the only team in the state. But also you could argue, well, they never got a deal done. He might have got frustrated then decided to move. And maybe Lamar Jackson has with that. Like, how much do you have to worry about the feelings of the player you're talking about when putting a franchise tag on said player? See, I don't think, I mean, I think Lamar Jackson would maybe feel some kind of way. But I think if he goes to Miami, I don't think he cares. That's home. Uh, to get a big bag like he's going to get, a ridiculous bag, and then to be able to go home. Plus, with the weapons that he would have that he does not have in, in Baltimore, uh I think he would be more than good with that. But what about with Baltimore, though? Like, does th- does this mean that he's leaving? I mean, if they don't get I think a- if they don't get a deal done, it's a wrap. Yeah. Because teams are going to go right. Teams don't care about giving up draft picks for a guy like Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry. Like, they just don't care. Well, especially if it's only two first-rounders. And I know I say only two first, but for a guy like that, oh, he's you're giving up a lot more. That. He's more than worth that for sure. And they're going to give him—I'm telling you, I, he's going to get the deal that he wants. I don't care what anybody says. He's getting a fully guaranteed deal. Whatever he wants, cut the check. Yeah, maybe we can talk a little bit more about Lamar because he also doesn't have an agent. He's representing himself. I thought his mom. Well, and I know his mom's involved as well, but he doesn't have an agent, right? Not anybody Mm -hmm. that has done this before. Lamar is negotiating what he negotiated his rookie deal. Mm -hmm. That's about it. And I have to wonder just how awkward that gets. When you're talking about this amount of money, yeah. and here you are arguing with the bosses, and your bosses, just because it's the part of negotiations, the bosses are trying to tell you why they don't want to pay you that much. Right. Like, they're trying to say, well, we still want to see you develop as a passer. I mean, by definition, in their part of the negotiation, they're going to be clowning you a little bit. Yeah. Just because I understand, but they're not going to want to pay you as much money. Mm-hmm. And then you have to get on the same page as far as the owner, as far as Ozzie Newsom still involved in the organization. Eric DaCosta, the GM, everybody's got to be on the same page. And, and it kind of gets weird when all of them are talking to one another about keeping Lamar long term. It's going to be interesting. We'll keep you updated on anything big happening out of Baltimore. And uh, we'll do that as the show goes on. Time for the first Fitty Flash of the day, though. What you got, Fitty? All right, guys, we turn our attention 
to an injured NBA superstar because even though LeBron James ain't playing on the court, he sure as heck is talking off the court surrounding his son, Bronny, who's going to be projected as a top 10 pick. And LeBron has said that Bronny is better than, quote, some of these cats I be watching. <laughs> I think there was an expletive thrown in there as well. Yes. Y'all guys have seen the film of Bronny. Uh-huh. Is he better than some of the players in the NBA right now? And if so, what does that say about the talent currently in the league? I don't think LeBron, I don't think <laughs> I don't think Bronny is going to be the number one overall pick. I don't think he is one of these guys that you look at as a franchise player. I think he's also really, really good as a role player right now that could develop and continue because you do have LeBron teaching him the game. And if you watch the film, Bronny's absolutely playing the right way. Like he's not taking over. He's not a ball hog. He's not jacking up shots. He's swinging the ball when he's supposed to. He's really good defensively. Jonathan Gavoni had him top 10 in the next NBA draft. I really like Bronny at the same time. No, probably not better than some of these quote clowns in the NBA. Today. Yeah, at this point, like I said, I mean, he's a four-star prospect, not a high five. Uh, you're talking about, like I said, he has gotten better. He has gotten more aggressive. Um, people, I think, wanted to see him grow a little more and be his dad's size, but that's probably not going to be the case. He's probably going to be 6'3", 6'4". I think he's going to develop into a starting level NBA point guard, but yeah. not a superstar. And so as far as we talk about at this juncture right now with him not even being in college yet, no, I'm not going to say that he's better uh, than an NBA player. We have an ACC player of the year. Do we agree with that player? Why or why not? We'll talk about that on the Campus Corner coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, Garage Door Guru, text line 704-570-9610. Hit those socials, Wes and Walker on Twitter, WFNZ on Twitter, and the WFNZ Instagram. All right, let's go to the campus corner. ACC Awards announced yesterday, all ACC teams, Defensive Player of the Year, Player of the Year, you name it. It was named Coach of the Year, all that good stuff. So let's get some of our reactions to it. First, starting with the ACC Player of the Year. For those who don't know, Isaiah Wong from Miami became the second Miami player to be named Men's Basketball Player of the Year since Shane Larkin was selected by the league's coaches in 2013. He averaged 15.9 points, 3.4 assists, 1.4 steals per game. Round four rebounds. He shot 44% from the floor, 38 from three. And uh, his team is number one coming into the ACC tournament this week. So what are our thoughts on it? He was in our blind item, blind item uh, pick out of players. 
and uh, none of us went with him, but he's the player of, year, player of the year. What say you? I have no problem with this. I, I just think even the eye test with Isaiah Wong, that guy was awesome all year. I think some of the percentages kind of struggled with his last game against Pittsburgh, where he did not end the season on a very good performance, going one of nine from the field, missed all of his three-pointers, and only scored nine points. But that was the last time he scored in single digits since January 21st in that loss they suffered to Duke. Ever since then, really double-digit scoring outputs all across the board. I think he played well against good competition, too. Ultimately, you settled on what is maybe the best player. I think he is, but it could be debated. The best player on the best team in the ACC. Mm -hmm. And in a year like this, when the numbers aren't too far off from some of the other players that you were considering, I have zero problem, especially when it was basically throw names in a hat and then pick out of it because the stats were so good. But, Fiddy, I know you're not exactly all that thrilled with Isaiah Wong winning. I'm not going to say I'm not thrilled, but Brian Ives does a great job over there doing research for ESPN. He did not finish in the top 10 in the ACC in scoring, rebounding, or assists. So kind of what you're saying, the best player on the best team. I said after Saturday, I would have given Kyle Filipowski the award. I mean, Duke's, Duke's ascension to where they got to was wouldn't have been possible without him. And on the games, or on the conference's biggest stage, he played one of his better games in a hostile environment. So that would have been the guy that I looked at and said, okay, I would have been more... I guess upsetting of him getting the award as as to Isaiah Wong or maybe even Jamarius Burton. Uh, well, my thing with Filipowski though, he did have some dud games uh, this season, and coming into the Carolina game, he went. 14, 14, 13, 12, and 11 when you talk about scoring. So he was a little inconsistent in my opinion. I'm I'm okay with Isaiah Wong. I thought it was going to be hard to pick a guy because nobody just stood out as far as just being electric all season and being that guy. But when you talk about him scoring 10-plus uh, in 69 of his last 82 games, he had the ACC season high with that 36-point game. Uh, you know, he's been a guy, it seems like he's been in college forever. But, again, uh, like I said, I was okay with that. Coach of the year was uh, Jeff Cable. I picked Jeff Cable. Uh, did we feel any type of way about that? I'm, I'm fine with that. I thought this one was kind of hard, too, though. I, I know what we do with Coach of the Year every single season, who is projected to finish with the worst record, and then depending on how far they move up, whoever goes up the ladder the furthest, we usually give the award to that exact coach, and that's exactly what happened with Jeff Capel. But they're legit, and they kept proving that time and time again as the season would go on. I thought Naren, uh, Larenaga also had a really good shot at this. No votes for John Shire, you know probably doesn't deserve it over a Capel or a Laranega, especially with them kind of going through a lull a little bit in the middle of the season, but I have no problem with Capel winning it. Okay, and then when you look at the All-ACC teams, first team was Isaiah Wong, Armando Baycott, Tyree Appleby, Hunter Tyson, and Jamarius Burton. Uh, second team was Filipowski, Terquavion Smith, Jarkel Joyner, Jordan Miller, and Blake Henson. And the third team was Norchad, Omer, P.J. Hall, Kihei Clark, Jesse Edwards, and Reese Beekman. Do we feel good about these teams? Do we feel like anyone was snubbed? Fiddy, did you feel like anybody was snubbed from this? No, I didn't. I mean, you could have you could have sold me on R.J. Davis being on a third-team All-ACC team. Of course team. we could. Um, but I look at, you know, the stretch he had after he suffered the injury in the at Syracuse that really hindered his play. But outside of that, no, I, I think they did a really good job getting the right players on the right level of teams. My biggest gripe with all the awards 
was that Reese Beekman won the Defensive Player of the Year award over Leaky Black. I mean, Reese Beekman is awesome, though. Yeah, he's good. But, I mean, like, everything that Carolina does defensively hinders or, or is, is set around Leaky Black. Virginia does a lot of things as a team very well defensively. That was my biggest gripe of the whole award from yesterday. Uh, well, and I don't even think Leaky Black got any national recognition. No, he didn't. If you look at the list, he wasn't even on it, right? Of the top ten potential defensive player of the years uh, here in the 2022-2023 uh, season, and so he does make all defensive team. But Reese Beekman, right? He does get the most votes for top defender. Real quickly, I'll just say if we're talking about snubs, I mean Kyle Filipowski making second team. I mean, if, if there was a case for him to win player mm -hmm. of the year and then right. he made second team, I thought that was something interesting. But then you asked me, who am I taking out? Hunter Tyson had a good year, man. Like, I don't want to take out Hunter Tyson. Hey, he's Hunter one Tyson. of the, the league's leaders. I, I think he's top three in the nation still in double-double. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to take Tyson out with the way that he performed, especially with Clemson bouncing back after that Louisville loss. Like, they've yeah. been playing better recently. And then, I mean, Jarkel Joyner, he's the guy, even with sensory overload, me picking the blind resume for ACC <laughs> Player of the Year, Joyner was just on absolute fire as the season closed out. I would not have minded him sneaking in there, but that would be disrespectful to Burton. So, no, I don't have a problem with all the people that did make first team all ACC. Yeah, and when when you talk about defensive player of the year, I think one of the reasons Leakey didn't get it was, like I said, because of Carolina's team success. Reese Beekman was third in the ACC in steals per game, and Virginia was a top three team, and they ranked first in the conference in scoring defense and fourth in the lowest uh, opponents' field goal percentage. So, I think team success helped him get that as well. But Leakey Black is for sure uh, a lockdown defender. And then uh, some of the other awards just for people out there, six men of the year was Nike Sabande from Pitt uh, or Sabandi. Uh, most improved player was Quentin Post from Boston College. And so, yeah, so I, I think that this is a reflection kind of th these teams are kind of lackluster when you put them up against some of the historic all ACC teams. But like I said, congrats to these young men and their accomplishments this season. When we come back, Tim Bontense, NBA writer for ESPN.com. We'll be talking Buzz City and a lot more. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.